0: You're listening to the Homeschool Made Simple Podcast with Carol Joy Side. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. I'm Rachel Winchester, and this week we're pulling an episode from the archives and talking about a topic that makes some of us a little nervous. That's the topic of evangelism. However, if we want to disciple our children to know and love God, we will do well to keep growing ourselves and pressing into sometimes uncomfortable waters. Carol sits down with Jerry Root, who is an author, scholar, and beloved professor. Over the years, he has taught many students how to share their faith with others, and he's here today to help us as well. Listen in.
1: Well, today I'm sitting in the cozy, what do you call this place, the ingle nook of your house, Uh, in Jerry Root's house, Dr. Jerry Root, professor at Wheaton College, emeritus. He's been at Wheaton about 41 years. I don't know, you think you're going to (laughs) last? He's kind of a fly by night.
2: (laughs) Well, when I retired, the... the, archaeology department told me they had shelf space to display me now. So I I feel, you know, I have a place of honor now, right there with all the other mummies and stuff like that. That's right.
1: So Dr. Jerry Root is a very well-known C.S. Lewis scholar. He has taught all over the world on Lewis. But what we're going to talk about today is what he primarily taught at Wheaton College, which is evangelism. Uh, Jerry was a huge influence on my son's life and all of his friends' lives and my daughter-in-law's life. And uh, I just wanted to share you... Uh, share him with you all and the riches that he has really uh, mined in this area of evangelism. So how did evangelism really kind of uh, birth in your life, Jerry? When did it start?
2: None of us would have become a Christian if somebody wasn't willing to break out of their comfort zone and share Jesus with us. So we've all had it as a model for us from the very beginning. And the question is, what did the gospel message do to us? Mm I don't know about you, Carol, but I am overwhelmed by the message that the God of the universe loves me unconditionally. And I think anybody who's lived a moment of honest life longs to be loved unconditionally. And I I think human love is great as far as it goes. I'm convinced I've never been loved perfectly by another human being. And what convinces me of it is I'm convinced I've never loved another human being perfectly. So true. But we long to be loved unconditionally. Here's the message. Not only that... We are messed up. Mm. I don't know a person who's lived a moment of honest life that doesn't know they fall short even of their own standards. We all believe in the high ideal of love, but we've had sharp words with the people we say we love most in the world. There are times we've had convictions that we've stated to others and then find ourselves living beneath them. We're messed up. And the message that this God who loves us also forgives us is overwhelming. And not only that, if we acknowledge that we've messed up, then we've acknowledged that we have been bad custodians of our life. And he's willing to enter our life as Lord and begin the process of bringing order out of the chaos we make of things. That's at the heart of the message. Mm-hmm. Somebody shared it with us. We responded. Mm-hmm. And if you're not moved by that, mm-hmm. to want other people to be brought into the circle and other people to experience this love and forgiveness in yes. and, and, and wardship yes. in their life, then then what happened? Where where did the stutter come from? Exactly. You know, and so I, I as a brand new Christian, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Okay. A lot of people think that because I've led a lot of people to Christ, right. I must have the gift of evangelism. They use that as an excuse to not evangelize because exactly. they say I I don't have. The... I had a pastor one time, and he said to me, <laughs> he said to me, "Oh, Jerry." we really like to encourage the people with the gift of evangelism to do it in our church. And I said, great, I want to come speak at your church so I could tell all the people that don't have the gift of giving, they don't have to give anymore. And I don't want to go to the church where only those with the gift of mercy are being merciful. That'd be a cold-hearted place. Now, if you have the gift of hospitality, you do your evangelism around the table. If you have the gift of service, take your toolbox, go help the widow down the street fix her car and share Jesus with her. If you have the gift of whatever, you mediate your evangelistic ministry yes. through that gift. Yes. I have the gift of encouragement. Yes. If I see a Christian, I want to encourage them to get involved in God's program. If I see a non-Christian, I can't encourage them better than let them know they're loved by God, they could be forgiven, and God's willing to be Lord of their life to help them make sense and discover purpose in their life. Mm. So I started sharing my faith right away, and I made a boatload <laughs> of mistakes. <laughs> but I, I'm an old football player. You have to take it by faith now, but I was. And all football players have to watch your game films the day after the game, mm. and you have to see where your mistakes are so you're not laying on the field for the next week because you're just soaking in your self-pity. Yeah. No. You'll learn from your mistakes. If you made a mistake towards somebody, go back and ask their forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And say say to them, you know what? I realize I was overbearing. I, I, I did too much here. And I want to ask your forgiveness for that because I wouldn't want anything that I did to keep you from seeing how deeply you're loved by God. Mm. And I think you could say the same thing if you see somebody who doesn't want anything to do with Jesus because some Christians treated them badly. Yeah. Say, tell me the story. I want to hear your story because you matter. Mm-hmm. And not only that, after you hear their story, you say to them, I'm a Christian. Would you let me stand as a surrogate in the place of the person who hurt you and ask your forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't want anything anybody ever did to keep you from seeing all the great things that Jesus did for you in, Christ, uh, in his death and resurrection. Yes. Okay, so so I start sharing and I started learning from my mistakes. I also started growing when mm-hmm. I shared my faith. Okay. There's a passage. It was actually in First. Uh, In Colossians 1 and in Philemon 6, uh, I've translated it myself from the Greek, but Philemon 6, NIV 1984 is the best English translation of that verse. It says, I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ Jesus. The phrase full understanding is one word in the Greek. It's epigonosco. It's the most intimate word for knowledge. Mm. It's a word that's often used as a carnal knowledge between a husband and wife. But it says there's a level of intimacy you can't have with, with God if you're not involved in God's mission to the world. Mm. The same word is used twice in Colossians chapter one where it's talking about these things. So there's a level of intimacy I'm going to have with Christ if I'm sharing Christ with others. How is that? And I could think of a thousand reasons, but let me just give you three quick ones. Okay. Number one, I found people will ask you questions. I had I, I had no understanding of the answers to these questions. I'm a brand new believer myself. Yeah. And I they asked me the question if God's good and all powerful, why does evil exist in the universe? And I had never asked that question before as a Christian. That's how stupid I am. <laughs> I've since written a book on it. It's a question that matters to me. Right. But but the thing is, if my friends ask the question, I go, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know the answer. But if that's a matter to you, if that's the obstacle for your coming to faith, I won't leave a stone unturned till I find out. And I started digging. You can come up with answers to these questions. You may never get to the bottom of some of them or see the width of all the applications, but you can come up with some substantive answers that are helpful. And I started finding answers, and I found that I was growing. In some cases, I'd go back and I'd say, you know that question you asked the other day? No question has to end the conversation. Do you remember that question you asked the other day? Will you matter to me? Mm. And I went and dug, and this is what I found. Let me share with you what I found. Many cases, they came to Christ. Wow. In some cases, they just asked another question. Yep, and which so is I, fine. I said, okay, I'm going to go dig, <laughs> and I'll right. come back. And some of them just kept asking questions, and they would use that as a, a, an excuse to coming to faith. But I'm just growing like a weed, and it's good when a root grows like a weed, right? So I'm just growing in, 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 in my faith, and, and I also learned, don't be afraid of questions, Uh, if you have no doubts about your faith you're delusional you think you've achieved omniscience Mm -hmm. it's okay to have doubts every time i read through the bible and i'm in my 53rd read through the whole bible 37th (laughs) time through the new testament besides that and i've read the greek bible twice every time i read it i see something i never saw before yes it takes my breath away. Yes. Every time I read it, I see some conundrum, and I don't know how to resolve that. Mm-hmm. And The next time or two through it, I go, "Oh, I see how that works." Mm-hmm. When somebody somebody talks to me and they say, "Oh, the Bible, it's full of contradictions mm-hmm. and stuff like that," I say, "You know what? I've sailed my ship a little further out on that sea than you have, and I still find yeah.
1: there's an answer.
2: There's an answer to all of it. Right. Don't be afraid of doubts and questions. And mm-hmm. I learned that by sharing my faith, mm-hmm. and it gave me confidence. <clears throat> if there's a problem. Just dig. Yeah, God wants to meet you at that place and reveal more, more of himself to you. C.S. Lewis said in the, the sermon he preached called The Weight of Glory, if our religion is objective, then we must never avert our eyes from those elements in it which seem puzzling or repellent. For it's precisely in the puzzling or repellent where we begin to learn what we did not yet know and need to know. And evangelism will take you there. It's interesting too, theology grew out of evangelism. As people were sharing their faith in the early church and they had questions and they had conflicts and stuff, they were trying to clarify this so that they could be more effective in their evangelism. So just enter into the whole process. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Second way you'll grow, people ask questions is first. Second way you'll grow, they'll scrutinize your life. Mm. Oh, dear. It's tough. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. Mm-hmm. My experience is if I'm not examining my life and working on it, everybody else will feel it's their responsibility to help me do it. <laughs> and, and it's amazing to me, and, and, and I've learned not to be afraid. I got, I'm, my life's a mess, I need Jesus. I, my need for Jesus is not casual, it's constant. And if I'm discovering the places where he has not yet formed me the way he wants to form me, that is not a threat. That means he wants to go deeper with me, and he wants to meet me in those places. Mm-hmm. My own understanding of faith will grow. My understanding of the applications of grace will grow, and my sense of the vitality of this message will increase. And I'll have deeper desire to want to share it with people. Because remember, my gift's encouragement, and I want to encourage people to be all they could be. Amen. And you can't be all you could be
1: Without if you're. If it's exactly <laughs> That's exactly right. right. Okay. That's so good. Go ahead. Well, I had
2: a man once and he told me I would never put a Christian bumper sticker on my car. If I did, I'd have to drive better. <laughs> you share your faith and okay. people are going to want to say, is it real? Yes. And and they'll know. And matter of fact, do the things for others that demonstrate that it's real. Now, unfortunately, we've got all these people who are concerned about social justice. Every Christian should be concerned about social justice. But the Concern about social justice has grown so large that the interest in evangelism has atrophied. Yes, and and Jesus never bifurcated. It's like asking which wing of an airplane is more important—the <laughs> right one or the left one. Jesus never bifurcated. Mm. I've been going through the Gospels and I, and I've studied. Actually, he's he teaches and proclaims the gospel about sixty forty. It's more than the social. He's concerned about social justice, about healing, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't think we should back away from that, right. but when that starts to eat up the other, or the other begins to atrophy, we're not walking a Christian life that's the life modeled for us in Christ's action mm. towards us. He wants to lead people to Himself, and and you, it's 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 interesting too, that at the church I attended years ago, there was a man who was giving a testimony, and you know how some people say. Uh, Uh, preach the gospel and if you must use words and they say they're quoting francis of assisi we had researchers check that out he never never said said it he never said it all it's never even attributed to him till 260 years after he died (laughs) which is longer distance than america is long okay so so anyway this guy this guy at our church he gave a little testimony and he said yeah this francis of assisi you know preach the gospel if you must use words i decided i would not talk about the gospel. I'd just live an exemplary life and I'd win people my exe- by my exemplary life. Yeah. And this guy said, there was a guy at his work who was a rounder, just a bad guy, yeah. always. A, so he just started living an exemplary life. He yeah. was kind to him and stuff like that. Pretty soon he saw this guy starting to change a bit. Pretty soon he saw this guy going to the little Bible study they had at their work. The guy from our church didn't go to the Bible study because he didn't want to use words, you know. <laughs> He's just going <laughs> to live an exemplary life. Right. Finally, this guy comes to him, the rounder guy, the, the, right. the guy that was the troublemaker. Yeah. He comes to him, and he says, I, I want to share Jesus with you. Whoa. And the other guy says, I, I'm already a Christian. He says, you are. You're the reason why I didn't want to become a Christian. And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, well, I saw you living this exemplary life. You never talked about Jesus. I thought you were doing it on your own steam. Oh, my Silence. Way is not clarity. Yeah. Silence leaves room for any kind of interpretation a person wants to project on it. Yeah. So so anyway, you the life we live is important, but it also has to be accompanied by words. Yes. And so there you go. People will, will examine your life. I remember when I was a, a new Christian, I'd been a Christian about a year, and I prayed, Lord, discipline me. Lord, discipline me. The next three months were the worst months of my life. <laughs> Everybody in my life felt that they needed to come and tell me how messed up I was. Yeah. But some of them told me I was messed up because I was sharing the gospel and my life was so counter to the gospel message I was sharing. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear that. Yes, I didn't need to stop sharing the gospel. I needed to fix my life. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that both these are important. The next area where we'll grow is that people will... will um, start coming to faith and we'll see god show up i don't think it will see it's miraculous i don't think that we take jesus to anybody he's already there he's more interested in that person than you or i will ever be and we get to go and engage with that person and find where god's already pulling at the heartstrings and share christ at that level Mm. and there are protocols for that and we can talk about that later but maybe you have another question
0: We are taking a short break from the show to tell you about our in-person seminars coming up in 2024. Our newly revised and updated book lists are hot off the press. You don't want to miss our very own American History handout for the elementary years. Carol and JJ will be teaching our basic seminar, A Literature-Based Approach to Education, where you'll learn the framework and get the tools you need to homeschool with confidence. We have seminars coming up in Minnesota, Dallas, and Nashville later this year. And if you aren't able to come to any of those locations, you can join our live webinar on June 1st. To learn more, visit our website at homeschoolmadesimple.net forward slash seminars. We can't wait to see you in 2024. Now back to the show.
1: Yeah, well, no, my next question is, okay, I'm sitting on an airplane with Joe and Harry and, um... I want to share the Lord with them. I have them there sitting captive. <laughs> How do I start? What do I say?
2: They're you, strangers. You you have the complete freedom to ask public questions. You could be on a plane. You pray, Lord, you've got me on this flight. I'm sitting in this seat. You engineered who would be sitting next to me. I believe this. And and maybe you want me to sleep.
1: Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you, he does. And so you
2: initiate <laughs> a conversation. There's no response go to sleep Mm -hmm. read a book that's a gift from god to you too but it might be you're especially appointed to be in that spot so you engage you can ask public questions don't ask questions that are deeper than public questions initially that's intrusive
1: like explain that what are public questions what's
2: your name Mm -hmm. everybody has a name that's public okay you know they had to show their id card to get on the plane okay and and another public question might be um are you from no, you wouldn't ask that on the plane because okay. you don't know really. But you could say, oh, you're on a plane, you're going somewhere. Are you going home or are you heading out? That's a question you could ask. Okay. It's public. They're on a plane traveling. <laughs> so you're not intrusive. Okay. And then they start to answer your question. And you listen to the answer. One time I was in Chicago and I met a guy and I said, "What's your name?" He said, "Peter." I said, "Peter, are you from Chicago?" That's public question. He's in Chicago, and he said, "No, I grew up in Albuquerque, but when I was 12 years old, my parents divorced and I moved to Albuquerque. I moved to Chicago with my mother." He gave me all that information, and he also, with that information, gave me the liberty to ask questions about that. Now he could have just said, "I grew up in Albuquerque and moved to Chicago when I was 12." I got a million questions I could ask. I say you grew up in Albuquerque and you had these elementary school friends and at the threshold of adolescence, that most purgatorial (laughs) moment in human development, you moved to Chicago away from your network of friends. How was that for you? Mm -hmm. You just think about what it is to be human and ask questions that would connect with what they've given you, the yeah. information.
1: Yeah, that's
2: good. You know, I remember I was in an airport in, in uh, Vienna. Mm-hmm. So I was at, in uh, Bratislava, Slovakia, giving some lectures on C.S. Lewis over spring break. Yeah. When I was done, the people dropped me off at the Vienna airport to fly back to Chicago, got to get back to classes. And I'm si- I am I- checked in, checked in my luggage, Went through passport control, got to the gate area. When I got to the gate area, I found out my flight had been delayed three hours. Okay. So I'm sitting in there reading a book. All of a sudden, I see this young woman come in. She's got a lanyard, a clipboard, and she's going up to people and asking in German yeah. some, certain questions. I figured she was doing a survey for the airport. about 10 minutes later she comes to me and speaks in flawless English and I'm feeling insecure what am I wearing that gave it away (laughs) but she might have noticed that the book was in English but flawless English and she tells me she's doing a survey for the airport so I said to her what's your name she said Allegra I said Allegra are you from Vienna she's in Vienna she said no she grew up in southern Austria oh well what brought you to Vienna public question (laughs) She said, I'm a student. I said, oh, where do you go to school? Then I asked her what her major was. We had a discussion about that. And I asked her if she had other family in southern Austria. She said, only a father and he's a bitter man. And I said, why is he so bitter? (laughs) Yeah. Why is he so bitter? You can ask questions about what they tell you. Well, my mother left him to go with her lover to Canada and she had good reason to do it. He was so toxic. I go, do you, do, you, do you have a relationship with him? He said, no, I have a horrible relationship with him. Well, what about any other family members? She said, I have a brother. Where is he? Also at the University of Vienna. But we, we don't see each other much. And I said, wow, Allegra, you, you sound so alone, mm-hmm. so abandoned. And she said, it's worse than that. I said, tell me. She said, I had a boyfriend who went to Florence to study art for six months, and he told me to wait for him. I waited dutifully for him. He came back yesterday to tell me he found somebody better in, in Florence. Mm-hmm. So obviously the rules didn't apply to him, you see. Right. So so she's, I, I know where this woman's at. I have been asking questions that have taken me to the place where God's already pulling on the strings of her heart. Yeah. When I share the gospel, I'm not going to share the gospel like shooting a shotgun hoping something lights I'm going to share the gospel in a manner where I can craft the -hmm. presentation so that it speaks to what is on her heart. I've talked with her for 20 minutes. She hasn't asked me a single question. And Mm -hmm. I said, Allegra, you need to ask your questions, but I need to share something with you because I've been sent here to talk with you. And she said she thought I was a plant at the airport (laughs) to see if she was doing her job. And Mm -hmm. I said, no, 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 but I have been sent here, and all of us have been sent. Jesus said, go. And he said, We won't go alone. He's going to send us another helper, the Holy Spirit, who will go with us, who will bring to our mind what we should say, and so on. Supernatural things happen. Yes. And we're participating. You got that John 3 8. Uh, the wind blows where it wishes, mm-hmm. and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Follow the prompts of the Holy Spirit. God's with you and 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 so yeah. on. So anyway, and maybe it doesn't go well. Yeah. Sometimes it goes horrible. Yeah. But you don't know if you're number 5 to share with that person or number 12 to share with that mm-hmm. person. God who's engineering this thing has you in a place for purposes He has. Yeah. So step in line with those purposes and don't worry about it. Yes. Be gentle, don't be obnoxious and right. all that other stuff. Right. So anyway, Allegra goes through the survey. Uh how long does it take you to check in? How long did it take you to get through pass everything you think she to say? then she said what were you sent here to tell me <laughs> I said Allegra the God of the universe knows you and he loves you Allegra he loves you mm-hmm. sometimes you have to say it three times for it to sink in I said Allegra unlike others he would never abandon you he loves you she Carol she burst into loud sobs <laughs> Everybody in that gate area is looking over at me like I'm torturing this poor woman. And she says to me, but I've done so many bad things with my life. And how easy was it then to segue to his love is so great and so unconditional. He knows about every bad thing you've ever done. And that's why Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of those sins. And he loves you. And how easy was that? But you started with public questions, yes. listen to the answers, yes. and finding in the answers a permission to go deeper and go mm. there and try and connect it then with the deep felt need. God's already there. Yeah. We don't bring him to anybody. Yeah. We go to make explicit what he might be doing implicitly as we listen to their life. Yes. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and just that you take an interest in people, that you are a listener um, that you're listening to the holy spirit years ago i heard Cory Temboom when she was alive talk about when she preaches she would say to us there at Calvary Chapel she'd be like now while i am speaking i want you to be listening horizontally and vertically <laughs> like listen to the holy spirit while you're listening to that's me that's very good isn't
2: that good i'm going to steal that, <laughs> use that. well th- th- that's that's really important and i i think um I was going to say something else about that, but okay. it just slipped me. My, my wife says my mind's like lightning one flashed in total darkness. You know? Oh, I know. A lot of this stuff I put out in a book yeah. called What's the, the called? sacrament of evangelism. Ooh. So in sacramental theology, yeah. it's believed that God shows up in the sacraments to mediate grace. Well, God's showing up in evangelism and he's mediating grace. Whoa. And you're an ambassador of that grace. So you go participate with what he's doing in that person. But anyway, sacrament evangelism, it's it, its basically a book that comes out of a t- course I taught for 25 years on evangelism, but also comes out of the mistakes I've made and the things I've learned. Yes. So if I if I made the mistakes, yes. I could save people a lot of pain. They don't have to go through the same <laughs> mistakes. They could still benefit from these things. I love
1: it. Yeah. Who published it? I don't know about this book. Uh, Moody, Moody Ooh, Press. I'm yeah. going to get a bunch of those for my small group. Yeah, yeah, that'd be
2: really helpful. Well, you, you know, my books, most of the people that buy them are anesthesiologists. They found they're cheaper to prescribe than the drugs, and they hold people in a deeper sleep longer. And and, and it's nice, and I have the gift of healing, you know. I, it's, I don't make the blind see or the lame walk or anything, but I can cure an insomniac. And so, you know, my talks and my YouTube videos and all that stuff, people listen to them to go to sleep. I used to pastor a church, and this couple came up to me, and they said, you know, our baby at night won't go to sleep unless we have one of your tapes playing. I said, oh, well, let me give you some others. They go, no, one is enough. <laughs> that, sure. that conversation actually happened. Sure. So that's good. I, I think it's good for us not to take ourselves too seriously. We so take true. God seriously. Yeah. We recognize that yes. our need for him is, again, not casual but constant. Yes, But it's good for us to be able to not it take is. ourselves too seriously.
1: Well, I would love you to And and one more thing about that sharing Jesus is fun. Amen to that.
2: It's not intimidating.
1: Nothing more exciting.
2: Yeah, and perfect love perfect love casts out fear. Yes. So if you're afraid of this, go lather up in his love for you. That Mm -hmm. out of that love and out of that rich reservoir, you'll let that love spill over to you to others. Perfect love casts out fear. Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry. I
1: love that. Would you pray for our listeners, and particularly, I think, the millennials, that um, a lot of millennials listen to this podcast, uh, they're young parents, um, and they've been told maybe that evangelism is um, socially awkward, or obnoxious, or rude, or, you know, all the excuses, and, and the things that they've been taught, and to really usher them into the joy of evangelism, because John said, I have no greater joy than to know my my children walk in truth. And yeah. when we have spiritual children coming forth into the kingdom, there is no, I, I used to say to my son JJ, there is no, nothing more exciting than leading someone to Christ. It's better than going to Europe on vacation. There is nothing more exciting than leading someone to Christ.
2: Let me say a word before I pray. Yeah. So if you have young parents and they're watching their children grow. Mm-hmm. They need to learn from what they observe. So nobody's life-skilled. Uh, and, and all of us operate at levels of awkwardness. So nobody's ready to get married. If you waited till you were, you'd miss out on those joys. Right. Uh, nobody's ready to have children. That's if right. you waited till you were, <laughs> the whole human race would end this generation. Yeah. We, we, we go through life awkwardly. A toddler learning to walk falls down and gets bruised. Mm. The, the five-year-old taking the training wheels off the two-wheeler falls down and gets abrasions. You were in that one-room school experience, and you went from that to middle school, yes. that awkward period of life. You have six classes you have to navigate and a locker that never seems to work. By the time you're a senior in high school, you could do it blindfolded, but remember how awkward that was. Mm-hmm. You go to college. You get married. Remember how awkward that was. You have your first job. Remember how awkward? If you're not awkward someplace in your life, you're just mm-hmm. not growing. So if we avoid awkwardness yes. in our life, we're avoiding the opportunity to grow. When, when I was a football player, I, I, I would make a mistake. It was awkward. But I didn't have to make the mistake again. Mm-hmm. I could learn from it and grow. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people need to be afraid of what God is allowing us to do for yes. kingdom joy and purposes. Yes. And so don't be afraid. Let me pray. Amen. Father, I pray for every person Within the sound of our voices, that they would hear your voice. Uh, just as Carol said, Corey Timboom used to say, that you would be speaking vertically to them, even as they hear this podcast, and that you would reveal to them the places in their life where you specifically want to work to encourage them to be your ambassador in this world. We thank you that your word says we're ambassadors of Christ, Mm. that you've given to us the word of reconciliation, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, and that you made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I pray that each of the people listening, if they have small children, would sense the responsibility to nurture those children to know you and to love you. I pray that you would help each of the people who are listening to this voice, if they have small children, that they would see that their children connect them with other families naturally because their children have friends and the friends have parents and that they would have opportunity to extend the borders of their relationships with others and begin to see how you have strategically placed them for kingdom purposes. And I pray that it would, it would give them joy, and I pray that they would be the ambassadors of joy of the gospel to those around them. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You know, one time I had a man say to me, uh, two times actually, I had men come up to me and say, Jerry, you got to pray for me. I'm the only Christian at my place of work and I'm miserable. And I put my hand on their shoulder both times. And I said, Lord, look at the misery of my brother. Please just take him home to heaven. Get him <laughs> off this earth. Just take him home right now. And both times they knocked my hand off their shoulder and said, what are you praying? I said, well, you could see that you're the only Christian there, so you're miserable. Or you could see I'm the only Christian there. I must be strategically placed. Paul in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, while he was under house arrest, with a chain to a praetorian guard said my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel he didn't see the limitation of his circumstances (laughs) is inhibiting his being able to minister the gospel by the end of philippians chapter 4 he says the saints and caesar's household greet you (laughs) how was it he had his fingers on the pulse of the (laughs) roman empire (laughs) even in these limited sets of circumstances because he was watching for what god was doing with him there amen
0: amen Thank you for joining us this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, we'd love for you to take a minute to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or if you just want to share it with a friend, that helps too. Be sure to join us next time as we help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. And remember, Jesus' commandments are not burdensome. What He calls you to do, He will enable you to do. Blessings.